0: All right. Welcome, guys and gals, to the Man Talks Midweek mini episode. And uh, this is a little bit of a special series today. I have a guest joining me, and we are going to dive into the topic. He's been a past guest, uh, but he's got a great book out, uh, which is called Blue Fishing, The Art of Making Things Happen. And so today, we are going to talk about how to get shit done. GSD time with Steve Sims. Steve, welcome.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: And listen, man, I feel like having a daily show with you would be incredible because I just love, I just love chatting with you and some of the shit that, that we get into is just amazing. Uh, so I am, I'm honored to have you back on the, on the podcast. Uh, and today we're going to talk about making things happen and you have made some incredible things happen. I was blown away when I interviewed you on the last podcast. Uh, so for everybody out there, if you enjoy this episode, go on back and listen to Steve's past episode. Um, but I, I was really blown away by some of the things you have been able to accomplish and so you know in this book you sort of dissect some of the incredible feats that you and Bluefish have accomplished and then you basically say okay you know we we took people down to the Titanic we uh, you know got people married in the Vatican we you know got people serenaded by Elton John and then you basically showcase these stories and talk about how you actually made those things happen and I think that that is so impressive so so where do you want to start I'm, I'm actually really curious if, if I can be selfish for a second, um, which I'm going to be, I'm really curious about the Vatican, the Vatican story. So can you unpack some of that for us?
1: Um, yeah, we had a client that contacted me and said, hey, I want to get married in the Vatican by the Pope. <laughs> and we were like, all right. Um, and we've noticed that far too many people out there are very intelligent. The first thing they do is analyze the crap out of things, get scared, put things on pedestals, which puts the goal further away from them and then get wrapped up in the fear of doing something that big, rather than going the opposite. So we look at something and break you down and go, okay, the Vatican, yes, it may be its own city, it may be the, the largest iconic religious uh, status symbol in the world, but at the end of the day, it's a venue, which therefore should be as scary as booking your local community hall. So we break things down to an approachable level, and then go forward to see what can happen. And in the book, that's exactly what I've done. I've tried to get people to break things down as they old say how do you eat an elephant you know little by little that's what we've done here we try to get people out of the mindset of being scared and into the mindset of how to break things down
0: yeah it's really it's really interesting because you know this book has come in a timely fashion because you know this earlier on this year I put on this big 1500 person event we brought in Gary Vaynerchuk and uh, you know a bunch of other great speakers and people kept asking me like how did you do that And my answer was like, I don't know, I just decided to do that. And but, you know, as you're talking right now and you're basically saying, well, you know, you have to break it down into these small manageable manageable chunks. I think when I look back retrospectively and start to connect the dots, that was really one of the main components. I was like, well, I'm going to decide to do that. Step one is really find Gary Vaynerchuk's agent and hire him, <laughs> and and that that in itself that in itself might sound simple, but I think that some people get way ahead of themselves in terms of like oh I'm going to create this massive project and here's all the pieces that go into it and here's the spreadsheets and blah 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 blah, and that can seem so overwhelming. And so I just took it step by step. And you know once I hired Gary V, then I was like well I should probably. Find the venue for this, and, and so it just took a step by step. But um, outside of that, I'm I'm curious, you know, in terms of something like the Vatican or some of these other things that you've done, they require you to be in touch with really what outside people would consider to be very influential people, and I think oftentimes, you know, sort of quote unquote normal people have this sort of perspective that getting in touch with people like the Pope or the Vatican or the, their organization or Elton John and being able to work with them can be extraordinarily challenging. So what what's the, what are some of the insights that you have on that? Because I think getting in touch with influencers is a huge draw for a lot of people these days.
1: Yeah, it is. And I'm often asked, oh, how do you get to, to deal with Elon Musk or Richard Branson and stuff like that? And as you just said, And kind of wrongly, and I apologize for this, but, you know, you've already put them up on a pedestal. The guys still go to the toilet. They still eat breakfast. They still go to lunch. They still have the same problems that we do. And so when you want to get in front of an influencer, when you want to get in front of a celebrity, get rid of this idea that, oh, these people are hard to deal with, that prima donnas, that this, that, that. You don't know. So just approach the person as you would your next-door neighbor. But the big difference is you have a clock ticking the second you get anywhere near them. And that's the big difference with these people. Anyone that's in demand, whether it be a politician or a rock star, a business icon or the Pope, everyone that's in demand has a clock and they want to look at you and they want to know, is this where I need to spend my time? So whenever you go to someone... You already know what you want. You want them to endorse your product. You want them to speak at your event. You want them to to um, do something for your kid's birthday party. You know what your, uh, your want is, but you've got to go in there and within the first few seconds, give them their want. So research. If you're going to go and speak to a celebrity, find out what interests them. Find out what charities they're hot on. Find out what food they love. Find out some kind of ground that you can relate to them quickly within seconds. When I did the Journey thing, and you know this, I had a client that wanted to meet Journey. Well, we thought, screw that. Let's see how far we can go with it. We stuck him on stage, and he is deemed as the shortest-term lead singer of the rock band Journey. When we went to Journey, we found out that the drummer's son was autistic. So when I went to the band to ask if the band would become part of this fantasy, of this, of this dream wish fulfillment, I went forward saying, look, I want this to happen. And hey, I was actually thinking it'd be really good if while we're doing this, we wrapped Autism Speaks around it to weigh, raise awareness of uh, this disease. And straight away, they were like, whoa, yeah. I gave them a give. I gave them something that benefited them outside of, and this is the thing you should never approach Anyone in need, uh, anyone in demand, never approach them with money because they will get to a stage. you, know, you go to Sting or Elton John. You go, oh hi, hi, Mister John, how are? You? How much would it cost for me to have you next Tuesday? He's going to tell you you screw himself. <laughs> purely because he's not he's not a bag of vegetables. He doesn't yeah. want to be bought. But if you go to someone and go, hey, this is happening next Tuesday. What has to happen for me to get you involved? Is there a charity I could support? Is there a cause that you're passionate about? Hell, is there a swimming pool you'd like me to pay for you? You'll be surprised if you go to someone like that, that works out better. I've lost track of the amount of swimming pools I have actually bought for people to get them to do things for me because it was easier for me to buy the pool than to actually wire them the money. (laughs)
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. True. Well, and I I love the point around have a clear ask of what you want from them because i think that's far too often people reach out and they're like oh hey can i have a few minutes of your time like i'm i'm kind of like a nobody in a, in a lot of ways and i still have a lot of people reach out and they're like hey can i have 10 you know 50 minutes of your time can i just have like an hour of your time and buy you coffee and just like shoot the shit and i'm like about what like i i don't even have a really clear Ask from what it is that you're looking for. So I think having that very clear ask makes it a lot easier for the other person to decide like yes or no in a very concise amount of time and then understanding what it is that they actually need. So, so when you, when you are researching this, do you get like a team to kind of like research that person and understand where they're at and what they like and what they enjoy? So that when you do approach them, you've got some very, um, you've got some very specific ideas of how you might be able to engage them.
1: Yeah, and just to just to fill in a little bit about the conversation you were having before about people reaching out to you, LinkedIn is probably the biggest culprit. I get so many people contact me through LinkedIn, and they go, "Hey, can we have fifteen minutes?" They get a one-word response from me every single time. I respond with "Why," and I guess some people go, "Well, that was rude." I was only going—I don't think it was rude. I wanted to respect your time. I wanted to respect mine. By the way, I don't respond to those. But then I get other people go. That's a good question. I wanted to discuss this, and then from there, I can decide whether or not it's an avenue I want to get into. But you've got to start valuing your own time. Regarding the research, you don't need a team, a cup of coffee and a smartphone. You've just got to go through a couple of pages on Google, even go on there, and if you're trying to get a hold of, I don't know, Justin Timberlake, you can go on there and you can go charity supported by Justin Timberlake, Justin Timberlake hobbies. Justin Timberlake's favorite food, Justin Timberlake slash sports car. You know, I had a client once that I wanted to get hold of. I found out he was a mad fan of Porsche racing cars. Now, here's something that a lot of people don't know. Most athletes are poor. Now, I know that sounds funny, but sadly, the bottom half of of most sports They're trying to get up to the top field. So you look at Tom Brady and you look at Mario Andretti and you look at uh, the, the Serena sisters, you look at those people, they're at the top of the game. You look at the other end of that table, these are people scraping through to get into that league. So I literally contacted Porsche Racing Club. I found some successful Le Mans winning Porsche racing drivers that once a year raced Porsche. And I arranged for this guy I wanted to speak to to actually get driven around a track by a Le Mans winning racing driver. Wow. (laughs) So I was able to go to him and go, hey, I want to speak to you about this. But hey, before you close up, this is my gift to you. You're going to get to do 10 laps and you're going to get trained by a Le Mans winning racing driver in a Porsche can we continue this conversation <laughs> That's
0: amazing man that's so cool And then in in terms of like some of the spaces that you've managed to get into I mean it seems like there's probably red tape around getting into the Vatican or getting down to uh you know the Titanic like some of the venues you know quote unquote venues that you have managed to get into or get people into is is actually like really impressive so Tell tell me about that, because I think, you know, as somebody that puts on events, as somebody that creates experiences, I'm always impressed by that that side of things. So outside of the influencers, outside of the people, how are you getting into some of these venues? What does that look like?
1: Um, I always try to avoid the desks and phone numbers that contain that med tape. Okay, I always try to go top down. So. You were saying about Gary Vaynerchuk, I would have tried to have got in front of Gary Vaynerchuk by contacting people in our circle that know him. I don't want to go through an agent. I'm telling you quite openly now, agents are there to say no or charge you a lot. Those are the two things that agents do. Agents are not there to go, well, that's a great idea, but if we tweak it, we could create this and I could get it to you for half the price. You will never hear those words out of an agent's mouth. So they're there to go no or go yes, but for three times your budget. So try and get top down so you've now got the artist, the talent, the person in demand, or even the venue chairman introducing you down the ladder to the person that goes over the contract or the scheduling or the engagement. And when you go top down... You'd be amazed at how much red tape actually goes out the window.
0: Mm, I love it. I love it. Well, and one of the other principles that you're talking about is—is is, uh, I love this concept. Um, but one of the things that stuck out for me was fire your vampires. Can you unpack that for us? Because I got I got got—I got As soon as you said that, I got a good kick out of it, and I was like, yeah, that makes a lot. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I, I think that in this sort of track of trying to get a hold of people and making you know getting shit done or you know or the the art of making things happen that there are some very significant roadblocks that people face. And so I would love for you to tell us a couple of those roadblocks and and maybe focus on the fire of vampires.
1: Well, I did a speech a while ago and I asked everyone to stick their hands up in the the room if they had someone that they worked with that they didn't like. They just did not like communicating with they did not like. And everyone put their hands up. And the funny thing was, I am sure as hell that some of the people putting their hands up were actually relating to the person that may have even been sitting next to them. But I told them, I said, last Tuesday, they phoned up your best client and screwed you over with a bad attitude. And of course, they all sit there going, that's impossible. You know, that person I don't like doesn't know my best client. But then I explained to them that if you spend any time dealing with someone that you don't resonate or connect with, it becomes an effort. If the person's an asshole and you're trying to laugh at their jokes and trying to get this deal done, you actually start getting tired. And then what happens is once you've got off of that shit call, and bad clients don't get any better, they don't, it's a fact. So when you end up speaking to your favorite client directly afterwards, you actually drag some of that negativity over into the next conversation. So if you've got someone in your office that you don't like, that's actually winding you up, or you've got a client that you don't like, or you're an accountant, or you're one of your vendors, you're actually taking that negativity and impacting it on a good relationship. Now, that good relationship, if you do that too many times, they're going to be like, what the bloody hell's going on with Sims? He used to be a fun guy. It's a bit of a pain in the ass now, a bit of a drag. They will sense something's wrong. And like all human beings, we turn around and we go, is it us? And sooner or later, you'll end up with that relationship being impacted and it will die. It's a cancer. So you've got to look at your circle and you've got to go, who gets me negative? Who actually drains my energy? Because if, there's 10, if I said to you, you've got to phone 10 people now you don't like, that's a bad thing. If I've told you you've got to phone 10 people you love, there's no effort in that. You're picking up the phone and you're going, John, how you doing, Jason? Hello, mate. I haven't spoken for ages. just like we were conversing at the mm-hmm. beginning. But I had a podcast with someone the other week, and I said to him about the third question, I went, is this recorded? And he went, yes. And I said, well, can we stop and start again? And Can you get it up a level? Because to be honest with you, you're so dull. You're actually wearing me out. (laughs) And the guy was like, Well, this is me. If you don't like it, maybe we shouldn't do the podcast. I said, Respectfully, maybe we shouldn't. Thank you. And I ended it because I didn't want to spend, you know, I'm doing a book tour at the moment. You know that. I don't want to be doing five or six podcasts or interviews a day. And one or two of them are starting to irk me or get me tired. I'm going to be tired at the end of the day in any case. So you've got to look at those people in your circle. You've got to audit them. You've got to put them into a circle. Well, I love being around those people. I could be around those people all day. This person's question mark. This person, God, that's a shit. If I have to listen to any of his stories anymore, get rid of those people immediately and then look at the question mark people and try to work out maybe you are given the wrong vibe there. And maybe you can make them good. If not, push them over into the other circle Now you've got plenty of space to fill it with people you get on
0: with. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And that's, I mean, that's one of the main keys is uh, of making things happen is that you are actually surrounded by people who are doing the same thing and you kind of like feed off that energy, right? So... Absolutely. I love it, man. Well, I know that this has been a, you know, a quick dive into how to make things happen, um, but that's what the midweek mini episodes are for. It's condensed wisdom. Uh, so your book is coming out October 17th. Where can people check it out? Uh, where can I get myself a copy? Because I think the pre order is alive now. So where should people go to check it out?
1: They are. You can get on stevedsims.com or you can go to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all the usual suspects and type in blue fishing or look up the author Steve Sims S I M S and I never thought I'd ever call myself an author
0: <laughs> I love it man well one day one day I have a I have a vision of getting you and Russell Branson to sit down together and just have some like hilariously amazing conversation. Um, But thank you so much for joining me. That was really, really great. I love your stories and uh, I love how you just get shit done, man. So for everybody out there, definitely check out Blue Fishing, the art of making things happen. There is nobody like Steve Sims that I have ever met that that just knows how to get shit done. So check out his book, uh, check him out, check out his uh, social channels, which we'll have in the links below. And until next week, this is Connor Beaton signing off. Join me next week for another inspiring conversation with another inspiring individual.